Sermon Index Classics, featuring the vintage audio sermons from the past century. Welcome again to Sermon Index and today's program featuring some of the best sermons preached in the last century. This program is provided by the Ministry of Sermon Index. For more messages, log on to our website, www.sermonindex.com. Now, here's today's program. Doing things the right way to achieve good fruit. Next, on The Road to Reality with Brother K.P. Yohannan. Welcome to The Road to Reality with Brother K.P. Yohannan, President of Gospel for Asia. Today, we bring you a message entitled Dependence Upon the Lord. In a look at Second Chronicles, Brother K.P. is showing us that the end does not justify the means and that God is not dependent on our skills or ideas to get His will accomplished. Rather, that we need to depend upon the Lord and do things the way He wants them done. And if you're not aware of the mission of Gospel for Asia, it's to support native missionaries to go into all the regions of India to share the good news of Jesus. You can find out more through our website at gospelforasia.org. And now, Brother KP. The story from Second Chronicles is very well known to us. Here is a king who was faced with enormous difficulty. If you look at the map, the northern kingdom and southern kingdom divided. There is a, in the Bible, if you look at the map, you can see there's a, there's a clear division. And there, from the north, the, uh, they are attacking Judah. So the king got panicky and then he worked out this plot to get a heathen king to come and attack his enemy from the very north part. And so the attention will be taken away and they'll go after the enemy. And so that's what happened. Of course, all of a sudden, I mean, it's a powerful logic. There's no option than what he was doing. But God says, you've done a terrible thing. And then that famous verse, the eyes of the Lord goes to and fro on the whole earth to see those whose hearts are perfectly turned toward him to show himself mighty on their behalf. This is the principle that comes out of these scripture portions are read. For the end to be spiritual, the means must be spiritual. If we are seeking to establish a work that will remain in eternity, if your life and what you do must last test of time, then the means, the reason, the motive should be spiritual, not carnal and and all other things that most people live by. It is not the result, but what means we used to achieve the result is that matters. Sometimes we see some enormous ministries built up, huge and this and that, and 10,000 people in the congregation, 20,000, this and that, and you hear, oh, this was because of the pastor is so uh, gifted in teaching through the word, and this and that, and I mean, I mean, our worship team is so great, or 
uh, a thousand things you can say. It may look so wonderful, but in the end, it all can be burned down to a pinch of ash. It is not the ability, skill, and expertise, but who did the job. And that's the thing that uh, is important. You know, Tuesday night we, I think, told the story about the cook who wanted to be in the ministry, but, you know, he didn't know anything. So he was allowed to sit in the class after he finishes cooking. And uh, so he learns and then he goes out and, you know, all the graduates, 18 of them, I was there, you know, smart, you know, sharp guys, you can say, but the first church was planted by a cook. I mean, you wonder why God does things like that. And he turns the church over to one of the graduates and goes off to start another church. And reminds us of, in the book of Acts, as these educated theologians uh, and experts in the law and religious work watch the disciples, they said, you know, these people are not learned, but they took notice that they were with Jesus. It was not something they themselves had in them, but what they were in the transformed life because of Jesus. William Carey was a shoe cobbler, and he translated the Bible into 34 languages, and, and there's a story about him at a, a dinner party where these English, you know, people were gathering and, and so seeing uh, William Carey at the party, one of these um, English lord made this remark, putting him down, saying, Oh, William Carey, the shoemaker, to which William Carey replied, No, I am only a shoe cobbler. I don't make shoes. All I know is how to repair it. And for decades, he continued to serve the Lord without seeing any obvious or visible fruit, but never turned back. It was not the external uh, results uh, that kept him going on for the Lord, but it was his heart commitment and what he was. We are living in a world, in the ministry also, of people who are professionals and and specialists and all that. I know when we think about people coming to the staff, serving God with us here in India or uh, in India or USA or wherever, we look at the applications. We are looking at, I mean, yesterday I was looking at this application. I, I realized first thing happened to my eyes. I went to the section where it talks about their education and then their experience. That's nothing wrong with doing that. But somehow, in my mind, there is the areas of need we have in the ministry. And keep saying without words, if only God would send people with these skills and talents. And we do pray for that. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. It's legitimate and it's proper. But it's amazing. God, it seems, does his work through amateurs, not through professionals. The difference between professionalism and those are amateurs. Look at Noah and his ark. It withstood 40 years, 40 days of storm and rain and all the beating. And finally the ark rusted by the mountain. It never broke up. But Titanic was made by professionals. It just ran into a small piece of ice cube. <laughs> and uh, it went down. 
with everybody with it. I was thinking last week about something interesting the Lord reminded me. There's a tradition that Saul of Tarsus was the number one intellectual trained under Gamaliel, the philosopher, the theologian. And he was so good, tradition says he was trained to debate and defend his faith. And also he says this was one of the reasons why he was at the scene when Stephen was stoned to death. He was brought there for this purpose to debate. Now, those of you who read this scripture or if you went to Bible school and studied um, the mind of Paul, you know, um, even Peter says, we, we can hardly figure out what our brother Paul is saying because he's, he's, he's such a character uh, with his knowledge. Yet, when he got converted, I mean, if I were God, I would say, finally, I found someone that I can use to convert the whole Jewish nation through his ability and his reasoning skills and change them to believe in my son, the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know, God didn't do that. If I were God, that's what I would do. Pick him and send him to the Jewish people to do the work. But God said, go to Gentiles. And now he fumbles along trying to figure out what to do. In the end, he says to Corinthians, you know, I gave up trying to figure out how to preach the gospel. I determined not to know anything except Christ and him crucified. Last day's ministries amazed me in those days when I met Keith Green and the people there in Lindale. One thing that amazed me when I saw the way in which the magazine and all the stuff was coming out, and I thought one time, my goodness, these people got the best brains under the sun to do this work. And then, to my amazement, to discover these artists, the people that did all this professional job, hardly any one of them were trained by trade or profession to do any of those things. These were just kids from the streets and broken lives just came and was willing to do anything whatever told them. They gave up every right to run their own life and they were taught and trained to do the most amazing things. And still, with all that knowledge, my mind still goes to look for skilled professional people. And I think God wants professional people also. Moses was trained exceptionally well to deliver the people of Israel and lead. Um, I mean, it's no doubt about that. But it took 40 years for God to undo everything that he was. Finally came to the place, he said, God, I can't do the job. Top-notch professional now becomes amateur. Didn't know what to do. So God can do his work. David's brothers were trained soldiers. But God couldn't use any of them. But he had to use a little shepherd boy and few stones to do his work. When they accused Amos of his prophecies and his preaching, he said, don't blame me. My father was not one. And I am not a prophet. I mean, I am not trained in this thing. And I was going around, you know, picking fruits. And God came and said, do this. And I don't blame me. I, I have nothing to do with this thing. I'm just doing what he told me to do. In India, those who work in the hotels supplying food to the people who come to eat, we call them supplier. Nehemiah, his job was, he was a supplier. How come he become such a major builder and someone to change history? 
I mean, there must have been a lot of builders and engineers and superstars, but God would pick somebody who worked in the kitchen almost. Strange, isn't it? Saul made a mess of his life, King Saul. This is what you read toward the end of his life. The prophet Samuel, weeping, saying to him, paraphrasing it, Saul, everything was okay until the time you were little in your own eyes. You began to see yourself important in your eyes. Then everything went down. One of the sad things about Uzziah, when he was 16 years old, he became king. Didn't know what to do, where to go, what to say, nothing, zero. I mean, this guy, kid didn't know what to do. But God was with him, it says, and then finally there's a terrible tragedy. He becomes a leper. And it begins like this. When Uzziah became strong, his heart was lifted up for his own destruction. He became professional and he lost it. You've been listening to The Road to Reality with Brother K.P. Yohannan, the president of Gospel for Asia. In a moment, we'll rejoin Brother K.P. And we've been listening to a message from Brother K.P. entitled, Dependence Upon the Lord. I'd also like to remind you that we have a booklet available by the same title. It's called Dependence Upon the Lord, and we'll encourage you to daily depend upon the Lord, whether in the impossible or the possible, and see your life bear lasting fruit. Dependence Upon the Lord is available through our website store at gospelforasia.org, or you can request it when you call us toll-free at 866-WIN-ASIA. That's 866-WIN-ASIA. As we return to Brother K.P. and he'll continue to talk about our dependence on the Lord for His strength and wisdom. Brother K.P.? There's a, a little quote that I wrote from Mother Teresa of Calcutta. She said, I am convinced that when I am gone, if God finds a person more ignorant and useless than I, he will do greater things through that person because it will be his doing. It's not the ministry, not reaching the lost world, all these things, all that are important, but I think the Lord is so concerned about that our dependence is completely on Him. And we don't lose that. And I think as a ministry it is important, but also um, as individuals, I think in our life we need to see that also. You know, there can come a time like, you know, the prodigal's older brother, you know, secretly, he never told the thing to his father until his younger brother came. I've been serving you all these years you know, this and that, all those things. And I think the the greater natural abilities and gifts and talents are given to people. Either they are born with talents and abilities or from their own training and their skills. Natural or supernatural, we are, those people are in much more serious place where externally it all looks nice and spiritual, but internally things changes and all of a sudden we are doing things and our heart is not where it should be in dependence on the Lord. I think we, we need to take warning from this. And Paul, after 20 years of preaching, said this statement saying, you know, um, there's 
in me I know this, no good thing dwells. And who is able to do all these things? He makes us worthy. And may the Lord give us that uh, attitude. And as we think about this, I, I like you to develop this thought and make applications for your life. In whatever areas you need to uh, do this. And for me, you know, the applications I have for my life is different from yours maybe in the light of it. But the Lord give you wisdom and understanding how you apply it. I am not making less of education or skill or talents. No, I am not saying that. Paul was able to accomplish so much more than so many others uh, because he was skilled and trained and able, but he gave it up. Philippians 3, all those things were gained to me, I regard it as dung, so that I may know him. And that is where it is. So, thank God for the abilities the Lord gives each one of us. And thank God for his grace that gives us, saying that that's not what it takes. And that's the heart attitude. These are a few lessons you can draw from it. Any form of dependence other than God himself is rejected by the Lord for the reason no flesh, God says, will take credit for what he does. Therefore, let means never become the source. Our building or money or our talents or other people or rich friends or family members or whatever. Let none of those things become the source. They are only means. But God is the one actually that we depend on. Secondly, our ability, skills, talents, backgrounds has no credence for God to pick us to do his eternal work. For he is almighty and he can do all these things without us. He can easily find someone else. And the lesson is we should not harbor secret pride in our hearts. And three, the more naturally gifted one is, the more he or she must go through death to self and pride. The reason being, our ego is so deceitful and God is always seeking to bring us to a place of death so he can work through us. Galatians 2.20 And the lesson for us is that we should continually seek to be broken and humble and make sure our heart is right in using the talents the Lord gave us. For it is possible to begin with absolute trust and dependence upon God and be blessed immensely. Yet in the midst of great blessings, one can be rejected by God because of secret pride and taking glory for what God has done. And the illustration is Hosea and Saul. The lesson is, what we seek to do is to keep what we do separate from what we are. I mentioned this before. Your position, your accomplishment or what we do and what we achieve, we should not use that to make us important people or special. The Lord is doing that. Uh, finally, it is not merely the ex external accomplishment that count for eternity. For without God, 
Babylon can be built up, which is called the great. And the lesson we need to keep in mind, that which is esteemed before men, God despises it. And we must make sure we stay with this understanding, close to the Lord with this understanding, that God is more concerned about the why we do it than just the result. And I will conclude with this story. Sometime in March 1812, I think it happened, at least the year 1812 for sure, William Carey went through the enormous pain and the most devastating thing happened when the fire at the printing press in Serambur just wiped out everything he was working on for years and years. His dream, Bible translated and now just in the first phase of printing all this and fire just kills everything. And about this incident, here is a couple of paragraphs. Carey walked with me over the smoking ruins in this book, the author writes. George Smith is the author, Life of William Carey. Carey walked with me over the smoking ruins. The tears stood in his eyes. In one short evening, said Carey, the labors of years are consumed. How unsearchable are the ways of God. I had lately brought some things to the utmost of perfection of which they seems capable and contemplated the missionary establishment with perhaps too much self-congratulation. The Lord has laid me low that I may look more simply to Him. Who could stand in such a place at such a time with such a man without feelings of sharp regret and a solemn exercise of mind? I saw the ground stood with half-consumed paper on which in the course of a very few months the words of life would have been printed. The metal under our feet amidst the ruins was melted into misshapen lumps, the sad ruins of beautiful types consecrated to the service of the sanctuary. All was smiling and promising a few hours before. Now all is vanished in the smoke of converted into rubbish. Return now to thy works. Regard God in all thou dost. Learn Arabic with humility. Let God be exalted in all thy plans and purpose and labors. He can do without thee. Interesting, isn't it? And out of that ashes, as you read the rest of the story, the greatest missionary ever lived, the father of modern missions, accomplished his work. And when I read those pages this afternoon, I was thinking, how can God do it? Because Gary's response to all this ruin was, it was hand of the Lord that allowed this entire work to be burned down. So his dependence will not be on what he did or himself, but on the Lord. And it's a lesson for us to learn. So tonight, I encourage you, my brothers and sisters, we began well 20 years ago. May the Lord continue to keep us close to Him and depend on Him, whether it's a 
huge task accomplished or small it doesn't matter but it's important that each one of us never take ourselves too serious of what we do and let the lord be the one who get the glory amen Interesting that Mother Teresa felt someone less qualified could be used by God to do a greater work. You're listening to The Road to Reality with Brother K.P. Yohannan, founder and director of Gospel for Asia. Now, if you're not familiar with the missions work the Lord is doing through Gospel for Asia, please stop by our website. It's found at gospelforasia.org. You can view videos, get a free book, and get an update on current events in the mission field. Again, that's gospelforasia.org. Or call us toll-free, 866-WIN-ASIA. That's 866-WIN-ASIA. And once again, here's Brother KP. I encourage you to set aside June 30th to July 2nd for an experience that can change your life. You see, that's what happened last summer. Nearly 200 people came to our first conference and they returned home, their spiritual lives revolutionized. Some began prayer meetings and mission conferences. Others made renewed commitments to mission and evangelism. Some even reconsidered their entire direction of their life and ministry. What caused such a transformation in their lives? They heard for Native Missionary Days how God is moving in Asia. They fellowshiped and prayed with GFS staff and with each other. They worshipped and opened their hearts to God's leading. And their passion for mission was renewed. Their passion for prayer was renewed. Their passion for Jesus was renewed. So, mark your calendar and join me, the GFS staff, Native Missionary Leaders from Asia, and hundreds of believers from around the world for our Renewing Your Passion Conference. I look forward to seeing you there. The conference takes place June 30th through July 2nd in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. If you desire to renew your passion for the Lord and missions, then call or visit our website today for complete information. The web address, gospelforasia.org. That's gospelforasia.org. Click on the conference link or call us toll-free, 866-WIN-ASIA. That's 866-WIN-ASIA. The Road to Reality is sponsored by Gospel for Asia. Come back next time, won't you, for more refreshment from God's Word. Until then, may the Lord richly bless you. Our prayer is that you have been blessed and encouraged by this sermon. To download full sermons, go to our website, www.sermonindex.com. You can contact us through the website, and please share a testimony of how this sermon has ministered to you.